my goal in life is to uh, help people understand marketing better by learning from their competitors, by learning from their competitors' mistakes, also seeing you know what is successful for them and, and helping them to build off of it. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone. Today we have Mike Roberts, who is the founder of Nacho Analytics and SpyFu. So Nacho Analytics allows you to see anyone's web analytics, while SpyFu is a competitor keyword research tool suite for SEO and PPC. I've been using SpyFu since I first started to learn digital marketing. Nacho Analytics, I actually just learned about in the War Room group that I'm part of. So Mike, it's very good to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks, Eric. That was a great differentiator between the two products. We uh, we sometimes like have trouble with that ourselves. So uh, I mean, obviously there is a difference, but saying it in words like that was 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 pretty eloquent. Well, thank you. You guys just have really good title tags in your uh, in your Google SERPs. So uh, <laughs> you, guys did, you guys did a good well, job. I guess we do do an okay job then. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, I mean, why don't you tell us a little more about yourself, kind of who you are, and and what you do beyond uh, the the quick introduction I gave. Yeah, well, so I, 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 uh, I'm the founder of SpyFu and, and Nacho Analytics, and I founded SpyFu about uh, 12 years ago. We're based here in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Everybody that everybody that works for SpyFu is, you know, comes here to this office, so we're, we don't like outsource anything um, at all. Uh, and the office here is like on the park next to my house. So it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool culture. Good commute for me. I actually ride in uh, to work every day on my electric skateboard, and uh, which which we can talk about. But yeah, like basically my goal in life is to uh, help people like understand marketing better by learning from their competitors, by learning from their competitors' mistakes, also seeing, you know, what is successful for them and, and helping them to build off of it. Awesome. So SpyFu, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit first. I mean, 12 years is an incredible run. How, guess, how many people do you have right now and what kind of numbers can you share on the business, like revenue-wise, uh, employee size and all that? Sure. So like... One of my favorite, my favorite metric is like revenue or I'm sorry, earnings per employee. So SpyFu's headcount is pretty low. We're like 20 people and we do, uh, we do a little over 7 million in revenue, 7 million in ARR. So, um, uh, I don't know what else you want in terms of metrics there. Oh, no, that, that's, that, that's perfect. And so yeah. that's 350 K, uh, per employee, which I think is, is phenomenal. And then you and I were just talking kind of before we started the, the podcast, about you know this whole the whole concept around bootstrapping because you and I both know that like you see the tech news all the time it's like so and so raised you know fifty million dollars hundred million dollars da 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 and um, you know it, it makes it seem like that's the only path to go down but you didn't do that so you knew from twelve years ago that you're just going to carve your own path I mean can you speak a little more to kind of uh, what your philosophy is around building a business 
So the thing is, is that I like started SpyFu with with like three thousand dollars in my bank account, and so every decision that I had to make was, you know, is like a make or break decision. So you, you put so much you put so much thought into every little thing. Who am I going to hire? They better be really good, right? Like everything matters, and every mistake is personal. And I really enjoy that aspect of the journey. Sometimes it's frustrating, you know, as a bootstrapper, you you kind of like I think that my ability, my mental ability, you know, to execute grows faster than than revenue sometimes. But but ultimately, like I think that the the process, like and entrepreneurship, is really about this journey, you know, just learning stuff, being better. And uh, yeah, I, like definitely have um, done it that way. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I mean, it's it's like the being forced to make decisions and, and being because when you when you actually acquire customers on your own and then you make these tough decisions like every single thing like if you make a mistake it stings and you learn from it and you you basically you're you're getting to grow based on how good you actually are right versus you know raising a bunch of money and I, I, don't get me wrong i think raising money in certain like if you're building the next like you know big social media network in the world uh, or something like that it's going to require a lot of resources but i think a lot of people don't need to actually raise a lot of money and in, in many senses it doesn't make sense with a with the venture capital model because you need to you know their model is based on built built you know going for these 100 200 400x like kind of moonshots right you did okay you you've done spy food got it up to to 7 million uh ARR and i i guess um for people that are kind of, if they're interested in checking out spy food i guess how do you make money in the first place and and how do you charge for it Oh yeah, so SpyFu is like $39 a month all you can eat. So you can download as many keywords as you want, spy on as many competitors as you want. And uh and you can actually start for free. So you can go to SpyFu, type in a website and then we'll show you, you know, the top keywords that they have and like their uh, you know, their backlinks, um, you know, their competitors, uh the overlap. You can see like everybody's uh, the history of everything that they buy on Google. So the value is like you can see the uh, the first ad that they ran, the second ad that they ran. And you can see which one won, right? Mm-hmm. So you can see the uh, the results of their split tests for their ads, uh, and you can do the same thing for their SEO. You can see the entire history, talking like ten years of their history. So for like over ninety nine percent of websites, it's their entire AdWords campaign and their entire the entire history of their business. You know, if you think of like a pretty big company, um, I don't know, almost any company. We've actually we've actually got Dropbox, for example. It's a pretty big company. You've heard of it. We've actually been collecting data for longer than they've been in business. Wow. Okay. Well, that's great. I mean, for so for you, I mean, the, the SpyFu. Obviously, you have a couple competitors out there. How is SpyFu different from the competitors? What, what's like your differentiating point? Well, okay. So SpyFu, we generally have like more of that historical data. Like we have, uh, you know, if you compare us to like SEM Rush or something, like SEM Rush is uh, is going to give you about maybe 18 months of, of that sort of history. And let me let me be clear, the history matters because people make mistakes early in their campaigns. Early in what they do, they make their biggest mistakes. They try things and then those things fail and then they cut them out. So if you're looking at a snapshot of now, you're going to you're going to see you're going to be like, well, why aren't they trying these things? Well, it turns out that they did try them six years ago and they're big, huge failures. So, so that's one one sort of a major advantage. Like SpyFu is deeper. The difference uh, in some of our competitors is that they are more global than we are. So they, you know, we we focus on the U.S. and the U.K. markets. And so, like SEM Rush has, you know, I don't know, sixty or seventy or eighty countries or something that they that they do. Um, like Google.ru is one of the ones that they started out in. 
But another big difference is that with SpyFu, there are no limits. Everything, uh, every other competitor, every other competitor on the market, you're going to run into limit. You can only download like 10,000 keywords. Well, with SpyFu, you can download like 10 million. If you type in Amazon.com, you can download all of the keywords that they buy. And we're $39 a month with like SEMrush or something, you know, or basically the entire, the entire, not just SEMrush, I don't want to like just pile on them. But the, the entire industry is raising their prices, right? They're, they're basically putting limits on what you can get, and they're raising the prices to make you buy more. So if you want something even remotely comparable to SpyFu, you're going to have to pay like $399 a month rather than $39 a month. And still, you're going to run into like, uh, you can only download like 50,000 keywords, even at the, the top level of these, of these things. So the deal is that, that, that we don't think that I believe in empowering the entrepreneur, right? I am a bootstrapped entrepreneur. And like when I, when I had, when I was starting out, I didn't have $500 a month to spend on, on like keyword research tools. Right. You know, I barely had $39 a month, right? I started with $3,000 and people are like, that's how it is. I mean, we kind of lose sight of that. And the reality is, is that I can make as much money or nearly as much money by charging, by charging less. I just get 10 times as many customers. Right. So that's a big difference, I think. I mean, I don't really want to say that like like the big difference is our price because then you think that you're not getting as much value somehow. But mm-hmm. the reality is that by cutting my prices in half, all I do is get twice as many customers. If I raise my price, uh, if I double my price, I get half as many customers. And the thing is, is that the reason that they do that is that then they, they're basically able to make more money per customer. They can hire sales teams and so on. And, and you know, that that's that's a model that's a that's a pretty pretty common model i uh i just don't like to go with what sort of the flow there tells right. me to do well i think you have a, there's a certain standpoint to it and i, I think you're kind of paying it back right cuz you know you just talked about starting a business with 3000 bucks and then um you know helping to bootstrap or the, the kind of the the entrepreneurs that are starting out i think that's the that's kind of like your i don't want, i don't want to call it your brand promise but that's exactly what you know, Mike Roberts is about, right? I don't have any external stakeholders, right? I'm bootstrapped. I, I, I don't have any, I, there, I don't have any venture capitalists telling me that you ha- I have to raise prices because that's what everybody else is doing. So I do what I want to do, what I follow sort of like, I saw, I follow our core values, which is to create value in people's lives. And so if I can put an extra $40 in every one of my customers pocket by cutting my price in half, I do it, you know, like, that makes me happy. That that makes my employees know that they're they're that they're fulfilling the mission of empowering entrepreneurs. That's awesome. what we do. Great man. Um, so I do want to jump into Nacho Analytics in a second, but I guess the curiosity for for Spifu. So you mentioned seven million ARR. So was is that safe to say is that like fifteen thousand customers? Yeah, we have we have like about eleven thousand. Eleven thousand. Okay. Eleven thousand paying. So we have like ridiculous number of people that uh, that use the site for free. Right. Uh, you can absolutely get a considerable amount of value for SpyFu for free. Ultimately, all you have to do is like you get a couple of searches for free, and then you give us your email, and then you can continue using it for free forever. So it's like we have you know millions and millions of people that use it for free. Awesome, man. And so for SpyFu, how did you go about acquiring? Let's just call it your first thousand paying customers. Oh man, you don't want to, you don't want to ask me about like, 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 I mean, I was like, I started out, I just, I wrote the code for SpyFu, man. Like, and this was a long time ago when, when basically there wasn't social media. Um, I mean, there was like MySpace and Friendster. These stories are always good. 
Yeah. So like, it was like, I wrote like a script um, that would do like send an SMTP thing. It was a script, right? And so I put in some HTML and hard coded into the script and hit like send. And, but I'd been awake for like 28 hours, but this was our launch. Our launch was me writing a script, finishing it just before we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and like <laughs> drank a ton of beer. And that was it. That was like, uh, like the extent of our launch. And it wasn't like an amazing launch, but we got to like $20,000 in MRR pretty quick, but I didn't know what MRR was at the time. I was just thinking I made $20,000, but it was, you know, it was a long time ago. And I, how old were you? I, I feel like I've matured. How old were you when you first launched it? Probably 25. Well, let's see. What am I, 40? I guess, uh, I guess 27. Okay. So 2006. Yeah. 2000, 2006. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The reason I asked that is just to show that, look, you know, you could start your dream basically at any time with, with any amount of money sitting in your bank account. It doesn't really matter and you can make something happen. So I think that's great. I think the, I've always wanted to, you know, talk to you about SpyFu, uh, but how this conversation actually ended up happening because it was because of, um, I was watching one of my friends talk about Nacho Analytics, Syed, uh, and he, he said, dude, this thing's really cool. You got to check it out. Um, and like I said, it allows you to see anyone's web analytics. And I, I thought there's no way that can happen. Like, it, it's just insane. It, it's this, if, and if it, even if it could happen, it's got to be illegal, right? So um, can you explain kind of in your own words, kind of what Nacho Analytics is and I guess why you even decided to start it? Yeah. So, okay. Like, I mean, in my mind, Nacho is kind of like the holy grail of like this competitive intelligence thing. If you're going on like this 20 year mission of trying to say, look, we want to expose to the world kind of all of the marketing lessons and all of the information that you can figure out about companies and just be like, look, you can kind of like browse Facebook and stuff like that and see, you know, you can see me and you can see people and you can kind of like understand other people's lives. So it'd be cool to be able to do that with, uh, with businesses and so that you can like learn, learn their lessons, um, you know, yourself, right? So doing SpyFu, I've always wanted to see what happens once somebody gets to that site. You know, what happens, what's their conversion rate? Um, you know, which pages, which channels are driving their revenue and, and how much, you know, revenue do they have? I would like to see who some people's affiliates are, right? Like, that would be cool. I'd like to know if they've got partners that are driving a considerable portion. Maybe I can, you know, reach out to those people. I'd like to see if their if their email campaigns are more successful than mine and how literally any part of their site, I want to be able to see how good are they at this? And is there something that I can learn? And so the idea is that you can take, um, you know, like a panel, a really like large group of people that you can you can collect data from, you know, it's like this, right? Like the entire internet is built on on anonymous, uh, anonymous user tracking, right? Like you visit any website that you ever go to, they're basically tracking where you're going. They're putting yeah. that stuff into Google Analytics. Well, uh, and 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 oftentimes there's like third-party ad networks that are on on there, and they're collecting the data as well. And Facebook and Google and all these just giant companies are collecting data, uh, and then they're using it to display ads to you. So we figured, well, what would happen if we just collected data but then didn't display ads to people, right? <laughs> right. So that's that's basically how we collect this data as we as we uh, as people opt in to share their data with us, similar to how you do with any other anything else. And then what we do is we take that millions and millions and millions of users, pretty st- pretty like very statistically significant sample, and then we push that uh, into uh, Google Analytics. And so a website doesn't even need to have Google Analytics installed. 
but then you can but you can go on there and you can see in a Google Analytics account what people are doing just like you would look at your own, right? Now, it's important for me to know for, for you to understand that we're not hacking into anybody's Google Analytics account. Right. We're not we're not backdooring anything at all. Everything is completely on the up and up and 100% legal, and we're not yeah, Google wants me to like let people know that we're not like uh, actually sponsored by or affiliated with Google. They're not paying us to do this or anything like that. We're we're uh, we're completely independent. Got it. Okay. So if I wanted to use Nacho Analytics to take a look at, uh, you know, let's just use SEM Rush as an example. I could sure. see like their top 10, 15 pages or, or so, and then maybe get some ideas on content I should be creating. And then you, you said, um, I can also see like their top, so I can see like affiliate, uh, inbound, like affiliate traffic as well. Yeah. It, like imagine that you're looking at your own, your own Google Analytics, anything that you can do with your own Google Analytics, you can do with, uh, with any websites, analytics like in google analytics it's like that you, you basically you, you when you do this you go in and you create a property and then we start pushing data into it so that's literally your account right you're you're actually seeing the um uh yeah, the, the google analytics account is in your google analytics account you can see the whole thing it's not there's not like it's not like uh it's not like i'm not using google analytics as a metaphor here mm -hmm. i'm saying that, that you're actually looking at a google analytics account that's awesome. So how do how do people, um, I, guess, I guess, what's the pricing model work uh, look like for this? I'm assuming it's subscription. Yeah. So like this entire, this, this is one of my favorite things too. Yeah. The, um, because the, you've all, it, like this sort of data has always existed, right? But it's always been in the hands of like billion dollar companies. And so I wanted to disrupt that as much as possible and make it as affordable as, as I basically want to put it in the hands of the same people that can afford SpyFu. So the price is, the price is $99 that gets you five websites, right? So that's, uh, that's what you, what you get. Cool. $99 Great. a month. I, I guess like, so you said, I mean, like, how is it that nobody's thought of this up until now? Because like SpyFu, you've got competitors, but then like this thing, like this is the first time hearing about something like this. Yeah, you know, that is, it is crazy because it's kind of been possible for a really long time, right? Like we didn't, and that's the thing that I love about it. It's because it's actually kind of a pure innovation. Um, and we're, you know, we've got a patent on it. So it's like, which is cool because I, I, I should have done that with SpyFu kind of maybe, I don't know. But yeah, it's because you, you know, you kind of could have done this for a very long time, maybe 20 years. But I was just kind of playing around with some data and it kind of occurred to me that we could do it. And uh, <laughs> so then we did. That's it. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, I just thought of it. No, that's good. That's see, look, it's, I, I think what we're trying to also, I mean, or what, what the, the, the theme around this whole like podcast right now that I'm, I'm sensing is just like, look, guys, anybody, if you can start with 3000 bucks, not have to raise any venture funding and then, you know, do something really cool, you know, build a really cool culture, build a really cool team. And then like decide, Hey, I'm going to do this nacho analytics thing. Like anybody can do that. Right. Cause I think before mm -hmm. we even started talking live on the podcast, you're like, dude, you can just like walk and in, like run into a forest and like write code and then come back with like a cool product, right? Yeah. I mean, software is the most empowering thing. I think in the in, in a way, like in terms of like where you can go, you can go from like absolute, like no, no money, nothing. Like you have a laptop that you bought on eBay for like 300 bucks or something, right? Mm -hmm. and, or you just got and you can just go and disappear and write code. And, you know, maybe it takes you two years and then you come back and then you launch it. And then, you, you know, you've got you've got a business. And it's like we were talking about it because 
because we're boot, we're both bootstrapped and yeah. all of the information that you get from everywhere, all the even like pretty cool stuff like Saster and what have you, mm-hmm. you know, these things are amazing sources of information. But ultimately, ultimately, a lot of the information that you get sort of directs you to the get capital, get capital, get capital. And, you know, it's true. If if I had gone and gotten capital for SpyFu, we would not have $7 million in revenue. We'd have we'd have, you know, like 40 million or 50 million in revenue. But, yep. But um, you'd be so diluted. I mean, I'd be, I'd be super diluted and I'd have no control. I wouldn't be able to launch Nacho. I yep. wouldn't be able to uh, most likely, you know, because I, I, I've taken resources from SpyFu to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be able to um, set the pricing where I want to set the pricing and kind of like set my own direction. It just isn't not something you can do. Um, I mean, I know lots of people. That's, that's so true I, I mean like, like I, I look at the same it's like the same thing here right like we we have like our SaaS product we also have the marketing agency too but it's like i can make those decisions to do these things and buy other like smaller websites or or partner up with other people because it's on my whim now when you look at like lost and founder which uh, we had rand fishkin on the podcast uh just to talk about the book we've had him on, on twice already mm-hmm. but um you know his whole thing about talking about how Moz raised a bunch of money and then he's diluted at the end and it just like it didn't seem like it was worth it that is like a, a really telling story. And now you're hearing it basically again from like another point of view. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like you should, we should create like a, a list or a hierarchy of potential pitfalls because there's, there's other ways that you can, that VC money can kind of get in the way. And that is like, that is when you have a failed entity, you know, but you can't quit on it because you've got pride uh, you know, you've maybe taken your friend's money yeah. or whatever, and you don't want to let them up. down. You can't give up on it. So you end up staying in this like bad profit model for, I've seen this and it's more tragic. It's almost more tragic than a straight up failure yep. because uh, you're on the, you're in this, like you're in this loop where you're basically making like $800,000 or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's never going to get beyond that. And, yep. uh, and that's, that sucks because it, it's just a, you know, a waste of talent in a lot of ways. Totally. Cool, man. So I got a couple more questions for you as we work towards wrapping up. I guess for either Nacho or SpyFu, what's one big struggle you faced while growing the business? Dude, I've got so many failures. It's amazing. Like I basically have, uh, we started a podcast where we, you know, we're about 10 podcasts in where, where all I talk about is like uh, the, the million ways that I've failed. So I can't even, I can't even pick my favorite failure could you give me any type of type of topic? Let's see. Yeah, sure. So let's let's start with like SpyFu. Was there any point in time where you thought like, oh God, I think we're going to lose everything? I mean, okay, I'll tell you one. I'm going to give you like one real quick one because it's something that everybody can apply really fast. Okay, it's like because this will this will like hurt you badly, really badly, really badly. Like I lost like just like three hundred thousand dollars really fast. Um, by a really, really simple preventable mistake. Okay. And this was with, with at SpyFu, we have, you know, we have a lot of servers, you know, to, to keep up our, our, our stuff. And we have multiple different environments. Like we have like a, you know, like the SpyFu production environment, which is everyone sees, but then we have a QA and a, and a dev. Right. And so when we, when we roll things out, we, we roll things out and we make sure that, um, that like the dev environment, like you could go to like dev.spyfu.com maybe and see that dev environment because we need to make it public. But, uh, but we need to make sure that the robots.txt doesn't let Google index this stuff, right? So one time, 
Uh, so what happens is this: when things get deployed, it says, "Am I in production or not?" And then it's and then it says, uh, "If I'm not in production, then don't deploy. Uh, then then deploy a robot.txt that says, "Don't crawl anything." Make sense? It's like the don't crawl any of this stuff. If it is in production, it, it deploys the normal robots.txt that says, "Crawl this stuff." So anyway, one time instead of doing if it's not, we did if it is. Right? It was just a flip between like not equal and equal in this build script. And then uh, and then our robots.txt made it so that the entire site stopped being indexed by Google. And so we lost all of our SEO traffic in like wow. over the course of like three days. And then it came back when we figured this out. We figured it out about like honestly five days later. So we figured it out like five days later when sales dropped considerably. But then it took us about you know, nine months actually to get 100% of that traffic. We got like 80% of it back pretty quickly, but then it, it took uh, quite a while to get the 20% back. So the solution here is is to, to, to like, there's like a, a website, I think it's free, Roboto, I think, roboto.com, R-O-B-O-T-T-O. It, it'll monitor your robots.txt for any changes and then send you an alert. It's like free. Wow. Definitely do it. Seems like a no-brainer. Like, you said uh Roboto with two T's? Yeah. Okay. It's like an instant, like an instant like you know, insurance policy that's free. It's because wow. it, seriously, it costs it costs us quite a bit. I say three hundred thousand dollars. It was probably more like a million or something. Okay. There you go. There's a million dollar mistake right now. Maybe we're we're gonna put that in the title of this podcast. Cool, man. So the other thing, I mean, we're, we're talking about kind of before we even uh, went live was your love for all things electric. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I've been like, um, I've been riding like an electric skateboard for a really long time. So as a consequence, I had like maybe for 15 years, you know, so like you may have heard of boosted board and stuff like that, that are kind of common nowadays, but like I have, I have like the OG stuff. So I have like maybe 10 electric skateboards now and, uh, and like, like a bunch of different versions of like the Segway stuff, like the little, those things. And then I've got like a, a couple of electric drift trikes and, um, I have, oh, I have one of those Alta electric dirt bikes. So that thing is amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and in January, I'm getting this, uh, electric street bike called the, uh, lightning by lightning motorcycles. It's, it's called the, uh, LS218. And it's called the LS218 because it goes 218 miles an hour, which is apparently the world record for an electric vehicle. And, uh, so yeah, I've been on the waiting list for that one for three years and it's just coming. It's going to be released in January. So like, honestly, all these things combined aren't like that expensive. I just, I don't know why, I don't know how this became my like quirk about me. It's a, it's a, but I have, I have a ridiculous amount of electric vehicles. And why, why do you think that came about in the first place? Like, what do you think sparked it? There's gotta be a reason. I don't know. Well, I, I just, uh, I like the, I like the silence of it, you know, like on an electric board, you can yep, go really fast you. and you can slide it out and hear it. You can hear the, you can hear the slide. You know, if you're like on something like that's a little bit sandy down, like near the beach or whatever, you can slide the back end out, but you're going 20 miles an hour. It's, uh, it's kind of like snowboarding, but I don't know. It's pretty fun. No, I, I feel you on that when driving an electric car, it's just the, the silence uh, to me is like really peaceful and it actually, it's like soothing. Cool, man. So two more questions for you. What is one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value to you? So could be like you just bought a new scooter and this cannot include either of your tools. A new tool that I've added in the last year. Hmm. Could be like an app, a mobile app, could be like a physical thing. 
I can't think of a tool that I've added in the, in the That's last okay. no in the last year, but I'll tell you my favorite tool, like of sure. all time. Does that work? Yep. I mean, like the the tool that I've made like millions and millions of dollars with, and like I oh, I that's just, a good one, please. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's uh, it's VWO. I love VWO. It's a great it's a great product. It's visual website optimizer. It's A B split testing stuff. I just I love doing these uh, split tests and figuring out ways to do split tests for things that are not necessarily conversions. Yep. And um, I mean, honestly, just seriously, maybe. Cool. $10 million I've made with this tool. And do you think, I mean, for you in your day-to-day 12 years into it, like, oh, I guess this is like a bonus question. Uh, what are you, what are you mo- mostly focusing on now? Cause it sounds like maybe you're still doing some of the marketing work. Like what are your main responsibilities? That's a good question. Um, I kind of, I sit like near, like right, like almost in the kitchen, you know, like where everybody comes and I just kind of give input into things and the reality is that like I can I give input into like, you know, infrastructure and cloud and like development and uh, and marketing and SEO and CRO. And like, you know, I, I kind of give input into a lot of things and just am like there to like answer people's questions and generally set a high level, high level agenda. I'll tell you this. I came up with the idea for Nacho and then my team completely 100 percent executed on it. And, and, it, Beautiful. And, it, and it's literally their product. I did nothing beyond coming up with some words and the idea and, you know, the overall concept. So it's, I, I love my team. It's, a, it's amazing. You know, it, it's a relatively small team, but it, you know, you can change the world with 10 people. Wow. Well, I got a bonus, bonus question if you have a little more time. So your team, I mean, it's, it's what, 10, 20 people or so. It's 20, uh, yeah. How do you go about, you know, incentivizing them to stay with you long term? Is there anything special oh, that you do? Yeah, it's a good point because at SpyFu, you know, I've got people that have been with me for nearly 15 years. And yeah. That's crazy. Like my dad worked at the railroad and it's, you know, we don't even know what the railroad was in terms of like its name because he just called it, it's just called the railroad, right? And so somebody like having worked for me at SpyFu or VelociScape or whatever for 15 years is absurd to me. Like, it's amazing. I'm like honored. It's awesome. And, but one of the things that we do is we, uh, we do profit sharing, right? So you, you like come here, you work at SpyFu if you, you know, if you kind of like make it past the first year or whatever, which, you know, people don't, people do, you know, know, we hire well and people generally make it, they, they get like this partner status. It's like you're making partner. And, uh, and then what happens is that you get, you get a, a, per, a percent of a percent of revenue. It's like profit sharing, but I, I kind of like just make it so that everyone can focus on the top line number instead of like the bottom line number. And, uh, and they just get, and what percent do you set aside in general? Is it like 10% of top line revenue? Like what is it? Okay. So yeah, like I originally thought that I needed to set aside a specific chunk. So I did that in the beginning and thought, Oh man, if this, if this number gets over a certain percent, then I have like an unhealthy thing going on, right? Like if I, if the total compensation percentage for revenue share becomes like over 17% or whatever, that's bad. I have to reduce everyone's share or something. But what I figured out is that what I do is when you come into SpyFu, let's say, let's say we're looking at like, uh, let's say our top line revenue when you come in is like $500,000 a month. So you'll get your percent of everything over 500,000. So there's like these tranches, if you will, of, uh, of, of revenue sharing. And the benefit of that is that I can give people a larger portion. And so they, it's like they're getting in on the ground floor. And so their profit share can grow rapidly as they, as they contribute. Great. So it's, you just kind of break it down based on when they came in and then give them a portion of that instead of 
instead of the whole pie. Got it. Yeah, Basecamp has a really interesting one where they um, they'll give you like you can get up to like five shares. You get like one share per like year or something. And then there's mm-hmm. like a, they set us. I think they do set aside like I don't know a certain percentage. And then they'll basically say like you get a certain piece of it based on how long your, your tenure has been with uh, with the company. Anyway, I always find these things like really really interesting. Uh, have you ever blogged about it before? Maybe I can link to a blog post. I have not blogged about it actually. Got it. Cool. Well, no worries. We'll, we'll wait for you to do a podcast should, on your podcast. I'm more of the putting content out there kind of guy, but I'm mostly like not. <laughs> no worries, man. Uh, final yeah. question for you. So what is one must-read book you would recommend to everyone? Well, you know, it kind of goes bad. I mean, if you like, I think that maybe one of the most value, the my favorite book kind of of all time is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And if you haven't read it, you have Great to book. read it. It'll change your life. You only need to read like one chapter at a time. But it really kind of teaches you how to uh, most of the things, most of the mistakes that we make when, you know, when in, in with people, you know, really have to do with not what like the content of what you're saying or what you're trying to communicate, but what like how you do it. And uh, and so keeping people motivated and not discouraged um, really has to do in my mind with with respecting them, but also just figuring out the right way to communicate. You're going to have hard conversations. And, and for me, like, I don't know that I'm naturally inclined to be a leader or a manager or whatever, but if you, but you can improve, right? So it's, it's just, so I think that that's like been, it's like one of the first books that I read. It's just kind of like, as soon as I hired my first employee, I'm like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> All I want to do is, you know, is speak really bluntly, but uh, I don't think that's effective. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, Mike, this has been fantastic. What's the best way for people to find you online? Yeah, I'm on, on uh, I'm on Reddit, so you can reach out to me. I'm Sporktopus, S-P-O-R-K-T-O-P-U-S. <laughs> you can sort of reach me on Twitter. Like, I'm not a huge tweeter, but I'm uh, at Mr. Spy. You can, like, just search for me on, like, Facebook. That's probably pretty good. LinkedIn is kind of, like, not very hopeful. You probably won't I'm reach. sure there's got to be a lot of Mike Roberts. There's a lot of Mike Roberts, and you can definitely find Mike Roberts if you look for, like, Mike Roberts spifu or Mike Roberts anything. <laughs> but I, I get a lot of those messages, and I uh, have trouble keeping on top of them. But if you reach out to me, like, on Reddit or Facebook, it seems like that's a pretty good channel. Awesome. Or you can email me, Mike at spifu or whatever. Or Mike at Nacho Analytics? Yeah, that one, that one works too. Not Mike at NachoAnalytics.com. Yep. Cool. Perfect. Mike, thanks again. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to GrowthEverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.